0: Hello, my name is Danielle Casey, Senior Pastor of Triumphant Love Lutheran Church, located in Austin, Texas. I would like to welcome you as part of our family as you join us for the audio portion of our Sunday morning worship service today. You may also choose to watch this service as a video broadcast by looking for the YouTube link in the description of the podcast. You may also go to our website, tllc.org and look for the recorded Sunday worship service. Through this website you can also find out more information about our congregation. Join us now as we begin our service with a musical prelude. Hello and welcome to worship where you are at Triumphant Love Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas as we gather for this third Sunday in Lent. I am Pastor Danielle Casey, and we are delighted to have you joining us today. Just a few announcements and reminders. We continue to gather prayer requests for our services, so please send those in to us here at the church. We also thank you for sharing your offerings, whether you do that by mailing them in, dropping them off, or going online to our secure giving portal. We also invite you to join us for our Lenten midweek services on Wednesdays as we continue our theme of Covenant at the Crossroads. And we're beginning to prepare for Easter. If you would like to give a lily in honor or in memory of someone, come by and pick up an envelope here at the church or give those online. We turn now to begin our service with a confession and forgiveness. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the Keeper of the Covenant, the source of steadfast love, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. God hears us when we cry out from the crossroads of life and draws us close to Jesus Christ. Let us return to the one who is full of compassion. fountain of living water. Pour out your mercy over us. Our sin is heavy and we long to be free. Rebuild what we have ruined and mend what we have torn. Wash us in your cleansing flood. Make us alive in the spirit to follow in the way of Jesus as healers and restorers of the world you so love. Amen. Beloved, God's word never fails. The promise rests on grace by the saving love of Jesus Christ. The wisdom and power of God, your sins are forgiven. And God remembers them no more. Journey in the way of Jesus. Amen. We sing.
1: the deer runs through the river, parched and weary from the chase. We have come from hurt and hurry, thirsting for your healing grace. Jesus, source of living water, may we drink And drink Isaiah's psalm, and who for God's mercy, plead God's forgiveness like a fountain.
0: The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
2: And also with you.
0: Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I now invite our young people to gather around to join me for a children's message. It's great to be with all of you today, worshiping wherever you are. But I was thinking about some of the things Jesus says to us and wondered have you ever thought that the things Jesus says are a little bit strange? He says things like, I want you to fish for people, or love your enemies, or whoever wants to be first must be last. And in today's story, we hear Jesus in Jerusalem saying one of these strange things. He says, while he's standing at the temple there in Jerusalem, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Some of the people standing there probably laughed as they said, This temple has been built for almost 50 years, and you're going to raise it up in three days? And really, they were right. The temple had taken a person's entire lifetime to build. Tens of thousands of people laboring. Huge stones that were as big as one of the walls in your house. And gold around it that would shine whenever the sun hit it from where it sat atop a huge hill. It was a sight to behold. How did Jesus think that he could build that back up, raise that back up in a mere three days? He does say some pretty strange things sometimes. But then John tells us what he meant by what he said. John tells us he was speaking of the temple of his own body. He wasn't talking about that building. He was talking about himself, his own life and death, and raising the way God raised him up on the third day. Saying that because of him, We would no longer have to go to just one place, like that temple, to connect to God. But we could worship God wherever we are. I have to say, after almost a year of us worshiping like this, that there is nothing more than I want for you to be right here in this sanctuary, worshiping beside me. But I am thankful for Jesus' reminder to us today that you can worship God right where you are. You don't have to be in here with me for it to count. You don't have to be here for God to be with you. Because Jesus came down to show us the way of God. And it is through Jesus that God is always with us. So today you can worship in your living room or in your kitchen or on this pretty sunny day, you can grab your favorite device and go outside to worship in the front yard. Or you could even put down your favorite device and simply sing your favorite hymn as you take a walk around your neighborhood and worship wherever you are. Try it today or next Sunday for that matter. And remember that God is with you, wherever you are. Will you pray with me? Our hands we fold, our heads we bow. It's time to talk to God now. Dear God, thank you for Jesus, who reminds us that we can worship you wherever we are. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our service continues with our readings for today.
3: Please join me in reading Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are their words, their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them and nothing is hid from its heat the law of the lord is perfect reviving the soul the decrees of the lord are sure making wise the simple. the precepts of the lord are right rejoicing the heart the commandment of the lord is clear enlightening the eyes the fear of the lord is pure enduring forever the ordinance of the Lord lord are true and righteous altogether more to be desired are they than gold even much fine gold sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb moreover by them is your servant warned in keeping them there is great reward but who can detect their errors clear me from hidden faults keep back your servant also from the insolent Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
4: I'm reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. For the message about the cross is foolish to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning, I will doubt. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified and stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the Gospel.
1: Listen, listen, God is calling through the word inviting. Offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. Listen, 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 God is calling through the word inviting. Offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. Jesus gave his mandate. Share share the good news that he came to save us and set us free listen listen god is calling through the word inviting offering forgiveness comfort and joy listen listen god is calling through the word inviting
0: The Holy Gospel according to Saint John the second chapter. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. that Jesus had spoken, the gospel of the Lord. We sing.
1: Listen, 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 God is calling, through the word inviting, offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. Listen, listen, God is calling, through the word inviting, offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. Help us to be faithful, standing steadfast, walking in your precepts, led by your word. Listen, listen, God is calling, through the word inviting, Offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. Listen, listen, God is calling through the word inviting. Offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy.
0: Roll on up for my price is down. Come on in for the best in town. Take your pick from the finest wine. Lay your bets on this bird of mine. Name your price, I've got everything. Come and buy, it's all going fast. Borrow cash on the finest terms. Hurry now while stocks still last. These are the words sung by the money lenders and merchants in the 1970s rock musical Jesus Christ Superstar. Although I think most scholars would argue with the liberties taken by Andrew Lloyd Webber depicting these merchants as swindlers or bookies, it certainly forces us to remember that it was more a chaotic marketplace than a house of worship that day in the temple as Jesus went up to Jerusalem for the Passover. Lest we forget what with the negative way John characterizes the Jews who did not believe in Jesus, Jesus himself was Jewish, a Torah-observing Jew. It makes sense then for him to be in Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, for him to travel to that great city, to that great temple, to take part in a festival celebrated by Jews for thousands of years. It makes sense that he, like the others that flocked there, would want to remember the liberation of the Jewish people from their slavery in Egypt, to remember the blood of the lambs that they painted on their doors and the unleavened bread that they ate hurriedly, to remember their salvation at God's hand. But it's almost impossible, I think, to imagine the scene at which Jesus appears. The ancient Jewish historian Josephus estimated that 2.7 million Jews would have made their pilgrimage to Jerusalem for a Passover. The streets would have been packed with people. The city would have been pushed to its physical limits and even beyond. And the Romans would have been on their toes, ready to put down a disturbance at a moment's notice with the increased troops called in for this special occasion. And Jesus is there, right in the middle of all of this. As he gazes about at the animals and merchants and money changers, he becomes filled with anger at the house of God, that has become a house of markets. Making a whip of cords, Jesus drives out the animals. What are you doing, the onlookers must have wondered. These animals are necessary for the sacrifices to be held on the day of preparation. Doves for the poor and cattle and sheep for the wealthy. These people have traveled hundreds of miles on foot They wouldn't have been able to bring the animals with them, so they must buy them here. These animals are necessary for the Passover. Jesus, what are you doing? Grabbing hold of the money changers tables. Jesus overturns them and pours out the coins. They plink and tumble and scatter across the floor. What are you doing? The onlookers must have wondered. These coins are necessary for the temple tax. The priests cannot accept Roman coins with their graven images at the house of God. So the money changers exchange these for temple coins, for a small fee, of course. These temple coins are necessary for Passover. Jesus, what are you doing? Why is Jesus so terribly upset by all this? Gary Wills, author of a book entitled What Jesus Meant, says, To read the Gospels in the spirit with which they were written, it is not enough to ask what Jesus said or did. We must ask instead what Jesus meant by his strange words and deeds. So why is Jesus so terribly upset by all this? He is consumed with zeal for the house of God, John explains. What did he mean to accomplish by this strange, outlandish, and certainly dangerous act? He is attempting to recall to the Jewish leaders the real meaning of the temple. It is the Father's house, the meeting place of God and God's people, not a place for institutional religious business. Jesus calls these religious leaders into account for their rituals and rules that heavily tax the poorest among them. Jesus calls the religious leaders into account for entangling themselves in the politics of power. He accuses them of creating a system that benefits them at the expense of all of God's people. He accuses them of maintaining the status quo to the point of stagnation and blindness, to the point where they cannot see Jesus for who he is, God's own son. As Christians, I think it is tempting for us to look at this story and see a strictly Jewish problem, but that would be short-sighted and even blind of us. After all, Jesus is a Jew participating in a Jewish festival. Jesus is not against Judaism, but against the misuse of the Jewish religious institution the religious leaders have begun to seek their own glory rather than God's glory. And these leaders cannot see that Jesus is himself the Lamb of God who will be sacrificed for their sake, for the sake of the world, on Good Friday. The religious system is at a crossroads, so embedded in its own rules and rituals that it is no longer open to a fresh revelation from God, namely Jesus, God in the flesh, God incarnate. The cutting accusations Jesus makes at the religious leaders of his day are equally relevant for contemporary Christianity. The same temptation to the status quo exists for us. The famous or perhaps I should say infamous church quote, we've always done it that way, springs to mind. How has that statement, that mindset, paralyzed the Christian church throughout time? We have to sing old German hymns with the organ because we've always done it that way. We can't let small children take communion. They don't understand. And besides, we've always done it that way. We have to refer to God as he because we've always done it that way. We can't have part of our service in Spanish. All of us speak English. And besides, we've always done it that way. We need not extend a special welcome to outsiders because it's never hurt our numbers before and we've always done it that way. But what if God is desperately trying to catch our attention through one of these seemingly strange, outrageous, even, dare I say, dangerous things? What if God could be revealed to us in a new and enlightening way? What if the only thing stopping us from seeing God is us? What if coming to a crossroads and taking a new path, a way less traveled, actually reveals God to us? So when our church campus was closed due to the pandemic almost a year ago, we could have thrown up our hands saying, we can only worship here in this sanctuary. We've always done it that way. But instead, we realized that just as God would not, could not be confined to the space of the temple, so God would not, could not be confined to this sanctuary, and neither could our worship. We have discovered that we can, and even perhaps periodically should, worship God wherever we are. As I have had conversations with many of you throughout this year, it is clear that this has been difficult to be away to be apart from this special place and from one another. But it is also quite obvious that God is being revealed to us through this decision and that Christ's presence is found at this crossroads moment for us. Perhaps even more importantly, though, God is being revealed to others through this decision. As we continue to make connections with folks that find our ministry and a relationship with God through our online worship. This story we read today isn't so much about the temple as it is about what God is doing beyond the temple. About God being revealed in the person of Jesus. About the word becoming flesh and living out and about among us. That's why Jesus says, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will raise it up. For our sake, the temple of Jesus' own body was destroyed and raised three days later. For our sake, Jesus became the true Passover lamb. For our sake. And for our sake, God is still being revealed to us in new ways. John explains at the end of his gospel that this is the reason for Jesus coming, so that we would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, we would have life. Not in the status quo, not in ourselves, not even in our church, but in his name, that we might have life in his name name. The word of God that became flesh is still dwelling among us, wherever we are, even at this new crossroads. Amen. We sing.
1: My soul cries out with a joyful shout, and the God of my heart is great. And my spirit sings of the wondrous things that you bring to the ones who wait. You fixed your sight on your service light, and my weakness will not spurn. So from east to west shall I be. the day The spear and rod can be my by God, who is turning the world around. My heart will sing of the day you bring. Let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears with the dawn. Draws
2: now lift up to our merciful God our joys, concerns, and praise. We live in strange and troublesome times, but are comforted by God's presence and the joys of following God's will. LCA, our Synod, and our congregation. Guide them and support them as they provide worship opportunities, prayer time, study opportunities, and support to others. Generously giving of themselves in your service, they are our role models by demonstrating love and faith to all. We thank you for their gifts and their willingness to share these gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for wisdom and strength to face this pandemic affecting the whole world. Bring healing to those infected and comfort to those who have lost loved ones. Bring wisdom to those who need to follow safe practices to avoid contagion and slow the spread of the virus. Guide each of us to reach out to those who are struggling and in need. We pray especially for all of our essential workers who are presently providing health care and other basic services. We ask that you protect them and give them strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you for the guidance of your word, especially the 10 commandments and the teachings of Jesus that keep us in covenant with you. Help us to follow your word faithfully, act courageously, and live humbly as we proclaim your wisdom and power in a world needing to know your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
0: We lift these specific concerns of our congregation, asking for your compassion. We lift up prayers of thanksgiving for our triumphant love ministry, especially for our Saturday cleanup crew. Also for the gifts and leadership of women, especially those who serve across the ELCA as we celebrate International Women's Day this week. We pray for those in need of healing, especially for David, Armand P, Jim, BJ, Deanna, Kevin, Walt, Bob, Sarah, Cece and Deb, for those in treatment for cancer, especially Barbara, Bob, Doug, and Jane. We pray for those living and working in places of danger, especially for Barrett as he serves overseas, and for those in our hearts and minds now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Faithful God, give us ears to hear your message and eyes to see your ways. Help us to respond with lives committed to your service. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And the peace of Christ be with you always. Please share a sign of Christ's peace with those around you and with those you meet throughout the rest of this week. Your continued support of our ministries is greatly appreciated. Our 2021 special offering recipients are shown on your screen. Please mark any special Lenten offerings as such. To give to our ministry, please mail in or drop off your offering. You may also give online by visiting our website or by scanning the QR code seen on your screen. Together we are forming faith from roots to fruit. Oh, my God. Let us pray faithful God you walk beside us in desert places and you meet us at the crossroads filling our hunger with your presence turn our hearts towards others that we may use these gifts and our very selves to share the good news of Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord amen and gathered into one by the Holy Spirit we pray as Jesus taught our Father in heaven God bless you, that you may be a blessing. In the name of the holy and life-giving Trinity, amen. We sing. And remember to join with us for our special Wednesday Lenten Worship Where You Are. And now, go in peace. Remember the poor. Thanks be to God.
2: Thank you for listening to our message today. We are Triumphant Love Lutheran Church and are affiliated with the Southwest Texas Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. We are located in Austin, Texas. You can follow us on our website, www.tllc.org. We look forward to you seeking us out as our podcast progress and further episodes are added. You have a great day, and may the Lord be with you.